welcome to Drunk Bitches and Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk all night long about politics. Because we can't shut the fuck up. We never up. stop. We never stop. We never stop. Episode 15.2, discussing dim debate night number two. I'm Ray. I'm Michi. And I'm your host, Michelle. Welcome, Drunk de- Delegates. Whoa. Hello, wine. <laughs> and vodka. And now vodka. So... We we saved the I I believe the best debate night for the druggest part of us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I told Mishy we pull in some Tito's. Yes. <laughs> so we don't really have any wine to talk about, although we do still have a wine to We do to, have wine. Come on. We never talked about what we pre-gamed with. Oh. What did we pre-game? I don't, I don't know. know. We've some red blend. It was the red blend. It was a red blend. Oh, it was a red blend. We've had that red blend before. We've talked about it before. It was a delicious red blend. Okay. Award-winning it's red good. blend. It was delicious, yeah. actually. It went very well. It had some blackberry, some cherry, some oat, it walnut, was, blah, was, blah. It smelled like fucking wine. It was good. <laughs> it paired well with the goulash. Would you like to talk about the Tito's? For anyone that doesn't know about Tito's. Uh, yes. Tito's. It is a Texas vodka. We are all about the Texas wines, the Texas vodkas, Texas everything. Texas, yeehaw! Um, <laughs> the eyes of Texas are upon you. Yes, you know that song, right? I don't know that one. <gasps> I mean, I, I recognize it. I recognize it, but it sounds like it's glory, glory, hallelujah. No, it's it's, it's oh, with the long horns. Oh, it's the fucking long horns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Missy. So uh, Tito's is uh, micro distilled in an old fashioned pot. Still, apparently, this is their claim to fame. And just like fine single malt scotches and high-end French cognacs, this time-honored method of distillation, distillation requires more skill and effort than modern column stills, but it's well worth it. And Tito say that their handcrafted technique offers more control over the distillation process, resulting in a spectacularly product of incomparable excellence. Only the right... Only the heart of the run, the nectar, is taken. <laughs> oh, it tastes like nectar, all right? It's the nectar of Texas. It um, is. And it is, it is very delicious. One thing that I, I'm not normally like um, a clear person, because I, I, I do love me. <laughs> I'm not normally a clear person. I'm not. I'm, I am. Because you like the dark liquors? I, I'm not normally a clear person. I'm a dark person, honey. <laughs> Um, I don't like my cognacs, I like my whiskeys, Hennessy. Yeah, I like my Hennessy's, my scotch, all of that. But Tito's is really one of the good ones when it comes to vodka. I really love this vodka. Like, I believe that Tito's is almost like a top shelf vodka. Like, I know that in... I was, it is. It is. And Tito's is a great vodka to drink in the summertime. And in the wintertime, we like our whiskey, right? And it's also a really good shot vodka because you can shot this and it goes down smoothly. It's not going to make you, like, gag. Or, yeah. It is for those for those of you that like to shoot vodka. Those that like to shoot vodka, <laughs> and also I, Tito's is not just local to Texas anymore. You can get it anywhere in the states. Oh, yeah, you can go to New huge. York or whatever, and people love Tito's. We love Tito's here. And um, one thing I'd like to add, because um, I have a friend that has celiac disease, and mm-hmm. so for people that have to eat gluten free, mm-hmm. Tito's is one of the few, few alcohols that they 
that is gluten free because of the way it's done. Yeah. You wouldn't think that normally that's an issue because it's made from corn, not potatoes. Exactly. Right. You know, I know my gluten shit. Gluten free people need to have a drink. Just naturally gluten. Like they didn't mean yeah. for that to happen. That's just how they did it. Yeah. And it, it makes a fabulous cocktail, and it is delicious. You just club so made out of Austin. And yeah. And, yeah, shout out to Austin. And we're having it with just, I'm having my watermelon water and a splash of lime. Super delicious. The vodka I've got is my Tito's soda and lime. Yeah, and you know, some, like, vodka that's not really good tends to have, like, that rubbing alcohol effect. Yeah. Where, like, it smells, smells like, like it, it, tastes like it. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not with Tito's. Tito's is a good one. No. So, shout out to Michi, you're going to finish that glass and um, you ain't going to be able to walk. Yes, I'm here for it. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get right straight to it. Debate night number two. I can sum it up in one sentence. Okay. Kamala looked presidential as fuck. (laughs) Presidential as fuck. All right. Give us a list of um, the attendees for the night, Ray. The long list of people attending these events. We don't even. She's like one of those people you don't have to say your last name. Kamala. Kamala. Miss Harris, if you're like nasty. Ms. We do have an episode called Miss Harris, if you're nasty. That's we, knew, right. we knew. We knew. All but about her. For night two, we had Joe Biden. Uncle Joe. Mm. Bernie Sanders. Mm. Mayor Pete. Eh. Kamala Harris. Sweet. Kirsten Gillibrand. Michael Bennett. Marianne Williamson. <laughs> Eric Swalwell, which I've been adding an extra L every time I write his name, so my apologies, Mr. Swalwell, Andrew Yang, and John Hickenlooper. Say that again. Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper. I think it's also... It sounds like something... Oh, I can't say it because you're scared of that movie, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like somebody out of that movie that scares Ray. Yes. Two oh, points if you can oh, guess what that song, that movie is. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, or I'll throw you out of your own house. I think it's important that we mention those that weren't able. Do a moratorium. Moratorium, is that the word I'm looking for? In memorandum. In memorandum. Oh my god, I Oh my god, we told you. In memoriam. In memoriam. For those of you that were not able to be here at the debate, it's going to be more people that we don't know. Steve Bullock. Who that? Governor of Montana. Where's Montana? <laughs> Near Canada. Stop it, <laughs> Seth Moulton. Who the fuck representative is that? from Massachusetts. Okay. Wayne Messam, mayor of Miramar, Florida. And Joe Sestak. I feel like we should play Sarah McLaughlin's angel in the background. <laughs> Joe Sestak, former representative of Pennsylvania. The first three didn't even qualify for the first contest. And Joe, former rep Joe, entered the race too late to qualify for this. May they rest in the arms of an angel. Okay, so to kick us off for debate night number two... I would love to start off with let's just let's just start off with the crazies. Can we start off with the crazies? There's first really only one up? crazy. <laughs> exactly. That's why I want to start off with her because I think she's she, the she, Beyonce of crazy. <laughs> she fucking stole the night with her crazy ass shit. She needs to step the fuck off. But 
Miss Marianne Williamson from No, Bear- Miss Marianne Bastion fucking crazy <laughs> Williamson. What the fuck? Marianne, I'm going to harness love for political purposes, Williamson. No. I put some spec on a neck. <laughs> First of all, Marianne definitely dropped acid before she came to the I was going to say, I thought she did a tab. I thought she was sucking on a tab of ecstasy. Oh, my God. No, she dropped acid. Somebody in our Facebook group comments was talking about asked if she popped a molly. (laughs) That was was Glenn. Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. She was just in her own fucking world. Not even world. She's in her own solar system where she's the sun and the planets at the same damn time. I was waiting for her to say, at one time I was Catherine the Great. And in my other life. I don't... I don't, I don't even... What happened? <laughs> okay, first of all, how did she get enough fucking shit to be on that stage? That's cool. you. All you had to have was 1% in the polling. Okay. And the donations. So here's the... Donations really were not that hard to get. Right, it's like 65000 over individual certain- donations. Yes. Six yeah. about six five thousand individual donations. So the fact that Mary this is my thing. Those people that you named in, in memoriam, how bad do they feel right now? Right. <laughs> that they didn't make it to the stage, but Marianne Williamson did. You, but you know what? She was definitely the most entertaining part oh, of yeah. the debate. She was. She was. I She came to give She's mean a country. Show. <laughs> This is just a whole show, and everybody else is just the audience. And you know what scares me is I was I saw on a Facebook post um, for a non-political group that I'm in that was asking about the debates and who are people's favorites. People were mentioning her in Tulsi. <laughs> you want to know what's even scarier? There are people who claim to be political who thought her health care policy was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what was her health care plan, Molly's? Magic. <laughs> Magic. Uh, uh, oh, it's magic. magic. It was magic. You know. Magic and essential oils. <laughs> was she gonna? Was she gonna get crystals out? The crystal balls. And, and like, like hold them up you, your body. She would make an excellent secretary of sorcery. Was <laughs> <laughs> there was such a thing? We need that. She's a perfect candidate. I think she needs to be one of those that goes to Mars and should be the first president of Mars. Secretary of, of Witchcraft and the Hogwarts School of Wizardry. Okay, so now we're going to get a little bit serious. And Her running mate would be the Himalayan salt lamp. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. I think my dogs just howled from that squeal. I just, I need more vodka before more I talk vodka. more vodka. So, um... Are we going to? Okay, I, 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 there's so much to get onto, but I can we just go straight into Kamala calling Joe Biden out? Can we just go straight into that? Oh that, uh, that she was, she came and cut his fucking throat <laughs> off, and he wasn't even prepared to be slayed the way he got slayed last night. There was so much about everything. That's the sound of my vodka and ice. It's stirring. Shout out to you, Kamala. For that Sorry. fucking sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how it... First, she came for Joe. Yeah. With the whole, I don't think you're a race. But... but 
However, <laughs> although, with that being said, <laughs> you are on the wrong side of a lot of shit. And I was that girl. Oh, to tell that, paint that picture mm. of busting and to talk about the fact that she was that girl. Yeah. Yeah. That got me. That, that, that got me. Did y'all, tell story. So did y'all see that coming? Because I didn't see that. I didn't know that. I, I was I was so super proud and happy and stuff that she took that moment. But, and she harnessed that moment. I, like I, I saw it coming because I, first of all, I saw the fact that everybody was bringing their pitchforks and their torches towards George Biden. Joe Biden. Hello, Ivanka. <laughs> towards Joe Biden. She you have to say George Biden. George so you're combining George Bush and Biden. That's actually not. That's actually, no. that's actually a thing. To Joe Biden. And I saw that they were going to come after him, but. If you've ever witnessed Kamala in a Senate hearing shredding Ooh. people in half, yeah. we we knew this was coming. Yeah. And she knew that of all the other candidates on that stage, that Joe was the one she needed to take down. Right. Right. And she did it very eloquently. Very. Um, and then Joe Biden doubles down, triples down, and I don't know if y'all watched him on CNN today quadruples down and hold on to that fucking torch for dear life jesus christ joe get the fuck out of here like are you kidding me just it, it kamala handed him a rebuttal on a silver i was worried platter. about that because she did she built him up she was handing him the torch she on a silver platter to say you could actually win this debate by Who me handing you this wrong. And right, and she, but she already knew he wasn't going to because he's a forever double downer. Yeah. Okay, and he's gonna. The thing about Joe, Jesus, Joe, say less. <laughs> <laughs> Just say less. To like, quote Hamilton, talk less, smile more. <laughs> I just it, if Joe would have just like not said anything other than. I was vice president for every answer. <laughs> he would have come out a lot better than he did by trying to answer the questions that he answered. He Obama, Obama likes me. Obama likes me. I mean, have Obama. you seen the memes? Have you seen the pictures of me and Obama? He really likes me. Obama is my best friend. Whatever. I have dinners with Michelle and Obama all the time. Obama it would is have my best friend. That's been my best friend. That's my so best friend. So much better than every single thing that he ever answered on that stage. And I don't know, I know we haven't even gotten to this part, but Joe was the loser of the night. I just, <laughs> what the fuck, Joe? Like, right. and I've said this, Joe is, it's almost as if he's losing this on purpose. So I think, and, and um, I'll agree with you, Michi, because I don't think, so obviously his uh, rebuttal answer or whatever to Kamala was terrible, poor. He was taken totally off guard, which I loved Kamala for that. But his answers on everything, guess what they were? Politics. Oh, yeah. He is the same old, same old of um, catered or tailored answers, right? Very tailored. He doesn't answer a question. He answers a question with a speech. And that Mm -hmm. was how Joe Biden answered every fucking question. I honestly expected more out of someone who's so seasoned and has been in politics. So, like, you know the game, Joe. Like... Right. And he's usually good with the one-liners and the comebacks and all malarkey. that stuff. Malarkey. Malarkey. But what I think it is... He didn't say malarkey, did he? He didn't. He, he did. Said he's that, so disappointed us. What it was is that it's also the same kind of like rock star factor. Like, I don't think Joe prepped for this debate at all. Yeah. I think Joe expected to show up, 
and then say some Joe shit and thought he was going to win the debate. He was just like, going to be smarmy. Because I've, I've seen him, <laughs> like, in his debates against Mike Pence or against mm-hmm. Jether P. He's mm-hmm. a sharp dude. Like, he is a politician's politician. Like, he knows yeah. all of this. But it's like he had a handle of vodka, nursed a hangover, and then walked into the debate. And one thing I noticed is that, and this was, I mean, and this was debate night one and two, same thing, <clears throat> is that when the time was up, people just kept talking. They were just like, oh, I'm yeah. going to keep going until you physically me make me stop. You'll right. be like, okay, that's your time. It's your time. I'm just going to get one last word in. Oh, yeah. But especially when he was responding to the, the big Kamala uh-huh. issue, he quit mid-sentence and said, that's my time. He's, my time is done. You he said, said okay. My time is done. Mm-hmm. And that really felt like it was just summed up his candidacy. My, t- my time oh, is done. don't. Yeah. I mean, they're going to they're gonna clip that shit. First of all, the that's Republicans gonna are going to. So I was going to say that. There needs to be somebody's coming. It is. Yeah. It is. Somebody's going to clip that shit and use yeah. it against him. Um, okay. So let's move on to the loudest man in the room. And that would be none other than Bernie Sanders. I and I kind of already forgot he was in the debate. Because I feel like he's just the loud man that I just, I didn't really pay I attention to. I him out. I, I, when I look at my notes, I don't have anything about Bernie. I, the one thing that I, I feel like in a lot of ways, because Bernie has done a great job of moving the needle to getting us more progressive candidates, yeah. that what he became is more like the, the pep squad. Like, let me hype, like, let me hype y'all up so that you'll <clears throat> do these things. So, for example, towards the end of the ba- debate, he was saying, we can have this, we can have this, but if we do not, oh God, change, whatever, um, Wall Street, the insurance industry, all of these things, if we don't take on, he was like, if we, we do not take, take on, on Wall Street, the insurance companies, right. the pharmaceutical companies, if we don't take them on and start making them pay for what they've done or pay, pay their fair share, whatever it is. Yeah. If I, we don't do that then nothing else matters. Yeah. And that is such a good point because as I sit there and think about, you know, Joe talking about all the stuff he's done, part of me wanted to go, well, but you didn't. Yeah. I mean, I know things are better. I mean, granted, I was born in 1972. Things are a lot better than they were in 1972. But in a lot of ways, things got worse. Yeah. The problems with the insurance industry were not this bad in 1972. They've turned on to hell in a handbasket. Wall Street got a lot worse yeah. through the 80s. It got a little better, and then it got a lot worse. Worse in the 2000s. And so, yeah. you know, it opened the door for a lot of corruption throughout the years. And so, I don't know that I feel like... So, would you say that Bernie thing. Sanders is the grandfather of the progressive movement? I would say in a lot of ways he is. I mean, definitely he's the grandfather of all the progressive candidates. Right. And yeah. not even just the progressive, just the socialists. Democratic socialist. I mean, which is how he labels himself. Did AOC came out of that? There's a Ilhan Omar. Yes. Um, He uh, launched a lot of candidates underneath. Colin Allred. Like we can go on and on about just even here in Texas, but other states. I mean, where he brought out those people weren't scared to run anymore because they Mm -hmm. felt like they were they might have been too leftist, too progressive, but then they came out to run because he opened up that door. Well, and the thing is, is that it's it kind got of popular. Funny. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny that like he sits there and says, I'm a democratic socialist because the democratic party believes this, but the democratic socialists believe this. Well, you've actually changed the conversation so much that 
what you identify as democratic socialists is just the new democratic party. Right. And so I think he actually would be better off if he would just drop the democratic socialist piece because it's not much different than what the majority of the democratic party believes. But right. and then I also, I don't it's know. nuances, but it's still the same. Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> I'm going to go and do it too. <laughs> Get it out. But also, I, lately, Bernie has had like some problematic moments when it comes to like issues with black voters, which and he didn't have the first which time he, was he never had because like, like Killer Mike was a huge advocate of his hand. Right. And so I, what happened, Michi? I don't know what transpired there because I know that I in my household, Quinn was a Bernie supporter and I was a Hillary supporter, um, and. Like, Quentin's like, you can't even talk to Quentin about Bernie anymore because it's like, these are problems that I did not see. Because when questioned about things like reparations or all that, he very much takes a centrist kind of view where he is like telling us that like reparations are not necessarily the answer, but like equipping everybody. Like, equality isn't going to fix this, equity is going to fix this. Right. So, I just... Equity over equality. Over equality. Yeah. So, it's, I just don't understand what's going on with him lately and why he's been so problematic when it comes to... He's taking on this label for being this, like, socialist person who, like, marched in the civil rights movement and all of that to be so damn problematic in the end. It is weird. It is, it is very weird. weird. It wasn't any, anything in particular that he said in one moment, right? It wasn't, like, one speech... Or one no, it's over. It was, it was series it's kind of, of been things, happening over right? a period of like six months or so. It, it's been one. It's been said about his staff because at the time, one of the things that was pointed out that was like came as a shock to a lot of people was the fact that Simone Sanders left Bernie's campaign and went to Joe's campaign. Right, and that was a lot to be said about that because that was homeboy. Right, and then last, and then. The problematic shit that he said about reparations and... Do, so do we know why Simone left him? No, Because I no feel like she really, left one problematic candidate to another. No one really knows why. Because okay. everyone just assumed that... Joe just offered her a better deal. No, everyone just assumed that Simone was going to be on Bernie's campaign. And so when she came out and said that she was going with Joe, mm-hmm. everyone was like, what the fuck is that? Maybe y'all heard her more money. And if I that's mean, the case, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with her doing whatever is best for her. But I think it's more so, it's more than money. I think. Or maybe she just thought Joe had a better chance of winning the nomination. I, and she went, I mean, I, can, I can't pull together that. We can speculate all day. Team. We don't know. but it's, I can see I don't want to go down this road again. I've done this right. time. Um, yeah. I want to be on a winning team this time. And just. <laughs> Which she's and not. <laughs> and being talked about how, you know. There's no diversity on his team, mm-hmm. and there are a couple of other things. So it's like, yeah, he's he's been problematic in certain. So maybe instances. when he was running before, it was okay for that time, but in the last two and a half years, changed things have changed so much oh, that he yeah. doesn't look as progressive, progressive as he did, and progressive and um, uh racially educated as he did two and a half years right. ago. Well, it's like when the whole needle has moved, Yeah, you don't look that far to the left. Yeah. So, um, I want to move on to um, Mayor Pete. Do, is, is yes. it, can, we, can we talk about him? Yeah, let's so, talk about Mayor Pete. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that, that I was hoping they would ask him, and they did, 
was about his trip back to South Bend, Indiana, mm-hmm. where he had to confront protesters after an unarmed black man was shot by a white cop, which we talked about last week on our right, pod. Right. Um, always in the front with the news. <laughs> always. Always. Um, first but, in the news, first in your heart. <laughs> and in your wine glass. <laughs> um, but, so, I, uh, I'd like to get y'all's take on his response. I, I love his very first sentence, right? Yeah, they asked I, him. I got it wrong. Yeah, I didn't get it done. All right. That's what he, he said. Okay. Because I didn't get it done. And I, and it was, it was the question basically was, why is this happening in your, in your town that you're a mayor of? Why is this still happening there? When, um, 26%, I think it's 26%, um, of your constituents are African American. And why right. is this still happening? He goes, I, didn't, or I didn't get, get it, it done. done. I didn't yeah. get it done. And, you know, a, a little bit of this is a PR thing. Um, but, uh, a little bit of a ty- digression for those of us that are old enough to remember the Tylenol murders when, when uh, Tylenols had some cyanide poisoning and people died. One of the ways they got out of that is it's and it's taught in marketing and PR is one oh, of the yeah. greatest things is the fact that they, in a way, they pitted themselves as the victim, but the but they apologized. Yes, they weren't. They, it wasn't even their fault. Mm-hmm. They apologized for what had happened and that it happened, and we were going to correct it. And so, and they immediately took every single Tylenol bottle off of the yes, shelf. I do did. remember that. Yes, that was in the eighties. Yeah. And so, when I heard him with his statement about I didn't get it done, he took ownership of that. And so that it reminded me of that because I felt like whether it was genuine or calculated, it will never know. His statement is the fact that he took ownership of it. I didn't do it. I didn't get it done. And I'm going to stay impartial because it's an investigation. It's underway. But the first thing I noticed is every other white man in that room jumped on his ass. They were like, why did you, you should fire? fire him. You should have fired him. You still should fire him. You should go fire him. Right. Why did you allow that to happen? Uh, Roswell, whatever, the Swalwell, whatever <laughs> Roswell. Like his name is, was like, you should fire him. You should fire him. It's like, there is there is a due process. Okay. They could be the most guilty person in the world. We can, and was, there was no police cam. And he did mention that. He did mention that. The, that. The, the police officer did have turned on his cam. You can have all of that. There's still, do, we cannot... We, what's the saying? We'd never rather have 10 guilty men go free than one innocent person be jailed. So we right. have to continue with that. I feel like with that idea, um, where we go down a slippery slope really fucking fast. So I, I don't know. I, I, I liked his response. I did. I feel like he had a time to reflect. It felt and genuine. Cut, and like it felt genuine and he came back. And I think that's, that's what you can ask of somebody. Is that he besides the shit. fucking Joe Biden who fucking doubles, triples, quadruples down? But that's also the point. Politically, strategically, if you own up to something, no one can use it to attack it, to right. attack you with it. It's like even if taking genuineness out of it or whatever, just being smart about it is that if you own up to something, no one can use it against you anymore. Right. Uh, and so you kind of end the conversation, and that was really. Politically smart, despite the intentions, I just thought it was it was smart to own up to it. And I mean, I think he knew that when he went there, or he didn't know when he when he flew back to South Bend, what he was walking into. Yeah, and we readdressed this last week yeah. that he was he was stunned and he was taken off guard. He didn't know how to respond. He had time to collect himself, think about the the problems and the issues, and how he hasn't solved the problem. 
him and his team as being mayor and admit to it. And right. he had to, and I'm sure he knew 100% he was going to be asked this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. All of it, just, he had plenty oh, of time yeah. to prep for it. And the best scenario is to always own up to it and say, you know what? We're working through it. It didn't get handled the best way possible. And we recognize that and we're working towards fixing it. And right. then that's the best way to handle it. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, I think it was a shiny moment for him. I don't, I don't think as far as in this debate, he lost anything. I think he actually came out like just I'm really on top in he, he held his own in his he game. Held his lawn. Yeah. yeah. I felt like, you know, we were talking about the other candidates as far as like I felt like he was a B candidate going in and he came out a solid B. Uh, right. It, and I know a lot of people had like some mixed reactions about that line he said about religion. Um, as far as like what, yeah. what the Democrats should like cede religion to Republicans. It's something oh, I've heard other candidates mention at different races. Oh, you are really a Christian if this is... Was that when they were talking about the border stuff? Yeah. Is that what you're alluding to? Right, because he said that basically Democrats shouldn't allow Republicans to take ownership of Christianity and let them have it and define what that looks like. Some people thought that that was controversial in how he said that and that shouldn't have brought it up. But I, I, I think I, it makes a great... I think he made a great point, honestly. Yeah, he is a Christian. So I think it's okay for him to talk like that. Um, I just wish that if he is, was a Muslim, he could have talked about the Muslim religion in that way that he talked about Christianity, which we all know he couldn't have. Right, but I so think it's important I, that the fact that for him, his faith is very important to him. And that is something that... He has has been used against him a lot. Yeah, and so yeah. being a gay man. Yeah. So I, and I think it's important for people who are liberal, progressive, whatever, to not allow Republicans to corner Christianity and define it because they do a shitty job at it. Yeah. Actually, they go again. Republicans would have been standing on the sideline watching Jesus get crucified and be like, "Well." Should have followed the world. Oh, yeah. And all the um, uh, evangelist preachers or whatever, the TV evangelists, whatever, just gave their support. Televangelists. Yes. Uh, support 100% to Trump last week. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's another reason that Pete might have said that. Anything else that Pete said that, like, stood out to y'all? Nothing that he said so much. It was something I noticed both him, it stood out to me with both him and Kamala, is most candidates, when they got time to talk... They started speeding up. Like, I have got 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever the time is. I'm going to get all of this out. But both Kamala and Pete slowed down and spoke very deliberately. Mm -hmm. And to me, that shows that you've prepared and that I don't even know what else it is. It shows that you prepared, but it also feels like you care. You're not desperate. And like yeah. I control my space and what I'm doing. Oh, talk about control of space. First of all, look, can we can we talk about Kamala bringing the school children in from from fucking recess break? Gathering the kids <laughs> and putting them in their seats. Like she While leaned she gave over. A lesson. Oh she God, leaned over her podium and literally like looked to her right and looked to her left. Settle down, said. children. Classes in session. <laughs> Settle down. Right. Your 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 teacher is speaking. Recess was over a year ago. Calm your calm your tits. Calm your tits. As, as Missy says, every time she walks into my house, and my dogs go fucking crazy barking because that's how they say hello. Missy says. Calm your tits. Calm your tits. That's Kamala. I've, oh my God, would have been awesome. Calm. She said, "Calm your tits, guys. Settle the fuck down, everybody." And as a as a short person, um, 
I recognize how Our easy little it is. I know. I'm five one and a half, so I got a lot of love for Kamala, who's only five two. And you would not know that. She looks tall as shit. She looks tall as shit. She Kamala's got big dick energy. She does. <laughs> big puss energy. <laughs> big puss energy. <laughs> She does. Oh. She does. But she owns her space. And the fact that she was able she to She could have been 20 feet from a microphone, too, just like me. Exactly. <laughs> would have been she able to hear. She controlled that room and said, get together. Settle down. Settle down. Let's act like a fucking adult. Right. And let's do this. Yeah. It, yeah. It was um, very impressive. I, I wonder if she's been holding that saying about food on the table in her pocket. Like, oh, yeah. That line. Months. If nothing else... <laughs> There was a there was a food fight, food on the table thing that was getting workshopped. <laughs> and after she saw or her team saw how last you know the previous night went, right. and knowing that ten people talking all over each other, it did sound calculated. I'm not gonna lie, it was calculated, but it had the effect oh, that it needed. It was to still have. genius. It, yeah. it did. So it she had, she had that moment, and then she also had the moment when all the white people and are she, trying to talk about. And she was like, it's okay. I got this. <laughs> Fear not, everybody. Can I will talk about the racial issues. I, I, will, I will take a lead on this. You, you, you good. No one's... I Sit got down it. and be humble. Let's just... Yep. As Ray and Kendrick and Lamar Let would say. Always. This Sit is, down. This is where you get be to humble. just listen. Okay, it's okay. Did y'all see her face? She literally was looking to her right and looking to her left going, is this shit really fucking going on? Are they oh, she, seriously talking the about... The whole thing was hilarious to She's her. looking she at Marianne like, Williamson talk about like energy and black people and whatever the fuck shit she Molly's on. And she's... Kama's literally looking around going, are they really fucking talking about black people? And I'm sitting right the I'm fuck here. I'm standing right here. And I feel like she kind of... Been, she was just kind of taking a step back to just let them all make asses out of themselves. Alcohol. Asses out of themselves. Was, and, then she, and then she said, hold up. <laughs> it was very similar to a moment that Corey had in night one. Because Corey had that oh. moment too. It was like, oh, we wouldn't talk about what being black is like? Right. I got, black says, I got you. I got it. I got <laughs> yeah. it. I, I, I got time. <laughs> you know what I'm Would saying? you like to know the black experience from an actual black person? Right. And like, it's, it, I really enjoyed all of these candidates taking ownership of certain spaces and being the strongest ever. Whether it was the women saying, oh, we won't, we won't talk about women's rights. You know, there are women here who can discuss this issue. Right. Or being like, you're not going to stand here and tell a bunch of black people what they need to do. We've got candidates here who... Can you tell can you ask the question to the black person about what racial tensions and racial equality looks like. And, and it's, it's, How about that? How about but that? But it's such a fine Genius. line. Such a fine line to walk, though, because it was like that moment when they asked um, Andrew Yang about China, and it was just like really fucking. Oh awkward. my god! Oh my god! Asked people about China. <laughs> okay, so Andrew Yang, aside from him showing up without a tie, which. Fucking a cool dude. Like he's just like strolling in for, I mean, to sit on his like Google ball at work. <laughs> I find him very brilliant. Actually. No, no, he's he absolutely is. brilliant. No, he is. He is. I mean, he, he. I feel like he probably like hit the bong before he came on. No, because no, he, I agree with you. Yeah, he's intellectually chill as fuck and yeah. smart at the same time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, he's got very different ideas, and I don't. As far as 
getting the nomination, he didn't have a chance in hell. But what he is bringing is a conversation. And he has a political future for sure. He absolutely oh, does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I could totally see someone like him working in the cabinet being, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like Mayor Pete was on the, was it like the Council of Mayors for innovation or jobs or industrialization, something like that. Oh, alcohol, I can't think of anything. Mayor Pete's been part of a bunch of shit. Exactly. Because one of the things so I can see him doing something like that. I could like see that. him on yeah. like urban development. Yeah, the, like housing and earth. No, because because he deals with um, the income inequality and things like that. I don't see. I don't know about the no. housing aspect, but I definitely can see. Well, I was just thinking because there's so much I inequality can't. in that. He's um, and the, I, his whole uh, uh, everybody has a um, what's what does he call it? The where you just you get um, income. The government. Uh, gov- I think he, the, the space that he occupies the most when discussing income inequality. That's where he seems to like fit in the most. Yeah. Um, so any sort of like work that has to deal with like the economy and he's I don't see him as a secretary of finance though or anything like that. I think because I think that's uh, I would see more of a labor. Yeah. Maybe labor. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Labor. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But because, I mean, he he was he he came in after he hit the bong. He was chill as fuck. He's like, I'm not wearing a fucking tie. I've never worn a tie. And he's like, I've worn a tie since my first communion. I don't know if he's Catholic or not. I'm just saying, like, right? So did they direct questions to him, or was he just responding to other people? They did direct a handful. They of questions certainly to him. directed the China question to him. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> okay, we were talking about that. Yes. So, which was so like, who who asked that? I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Chuck Todd. Was it Chuck Todd with Rachel? I don't know. It wasn't Rachel. Rachel would have never done that. Was it Chuck Todd? Please tell me it wasn't. I don't remember. Was that calculated from the fucking? But honestly, I don't think it's a racial thing. It's a. Oh, it's. Oh, come on, Greg. Get the fuck out of here. No, seriously, no. He's talking about jobs. And we're talking about the trade, the tariffs, and the impact on jobs, and and uh, I bit my tongue. <laughs> Did he? So when they asked him, listen, there's something called impact versus intent. Okay, whatever the intent was, did not have that impact. Okay, because it was just right. It, is is the same thing because. The people who were asking the questions to the same respect or whatever forethought, whatever they were doing when they were talking about issues that surround black folks, they didn't direct them at black folks. They Black folks had to interject and say, oh, I can tell you about that. That means if someone thought that through and goes, you know what, maybe let me not direct all the black questions to the black person. But here we are discussing China, and you're directing it to the Asian person. Like I said, it's a difficult balance right. to strike. But it was like it didn't go unnoticed. You know what I mean? It did to me. And it, it was you, and probably the only one because everybody knew. it was trending on Twitter. Like, and it was. <laughs> and the reason that 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 is a problem is because when they talk about black issues, they're talking about black issues in America. Right. We're not talking about black issues in London. Right. 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 But when they ask Andrew Yang a problem about China, they're not talking about Chinese problems in America. But they're talking about the they, issues in they, China that relate to America. As far okay, as but do you not see any like problematic issues with China? It's our issues with China. Yeah, they just. We just have to agree it. to disagree on this. I just. I you think, think it just landed on him. I, yeah, <laughs> I think it landed on they him just because he's the one that was talking. He's he's a business person. He's the only person in there that is 
a business person. What is what? Yeah, what does he do? What is he? I think it was a tech. He's a tech guy. Is he a tech guy? Yeah, I know he's from California, right? I believe that's what he. Yeah, he's California tech guy. Okay, Silicon Valley. Whatever. I just it was just awkward. Yeah. That you were gonna direct your Chinese question to Andrew Yang. I just like what the fuck do you want? So other than that. Um, do we have, um, is there, is there anybody else that we should talk about on Who the else was stage? there? <laughs> I feel like, um, so we, we talked-, talked about Bernie and did we give Marianne her just due? Because I felt like I just, do we you feel like you have more? I just don't understand the Well, I feel like Marianne is just going to become the product of memes for the next. I think she will. <laughs> and I say that as someone who made a meme. Oh, I, I want to I talk about Bennett. Oh, okay. Before okay. can we finish with Marion? Yes. Okay. okay. So I have a couple things about Marion. Um, she was bringing the laughs. She wasn't even trying, but she brought them. Uh, I love at one point when she gave her quote about how she was going to tell Trump that she was going to harvest love for political purposes, and Kamala leaned into her, her jacket to cough, maybe or laugh. Or roll her eyes, or everything. I think she. I think she laughed. I think she was like, "Oh, this bitch! I can't do this I'm anymore." I'm debut. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. She's a Coke commercial. And she was gonna call New Zealand. That's her first act as president. <laughs> talk about girlfriend. <laughs> I just don't I even. I can't remember exactly what she said. Just the whole idea that she was just like, and I would tell her, girl. Yeah. Did I was waiting for her to break out and dance like they like like a '70s dance? Did you? Was I was literally waiting for her to like pull out the incense and just like <laughs> fucking rave on the stage with the shit, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was waiting for her. Oh to God. Come from outside the podium when people were going at it and started handing everybody a pre-roll joint and go relax <laughs> I was like oh stage the stage like I was just like remember that and then rub everybody's forehead with some lavender oil like it's just, it's just there was so many remember the, remember the guy from the 60s that said tune in drop out what was that saying okay never mind. I don't know I, you lost that. me on that yeah, she she definitely was the most entertaining. But I will know. tell you this: I don't want Marion to be my president, but I want to hang out with her ass. <laughs> I will tell you that much. Why do Mar- you think Oprah likes her? Marion seemed like a good time as a guest, not as a president. You will show up to Marion's house, and she will have like a tray of all sorts of pre-rolled grades of weed with like fucking snacks in the background with the ambiance going in the back. Like she's a chill ass. But she probably won't have any meat, Michi. She won't have meat. Yeah. She won't have meat. Oh, and you're going to have the short snacks. Because y'all, she's an anti-vaxxer. So, you know. She'll probably, they'll probably, she'll probably have measles. (laughs) (laughs) Little polio. (laughs) What are we having for lunch? What a cracker. (laughs) What are we having for lunch? Chicken pox. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Gosh, she's an idiot, but you know, well, <laughs> she had some moments because you know, a broken clock gets right twice a day. Just, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, uh, okay. So okay, we got her. Swalwell. What? Swalwell. Swalwell. What's that? <laughs> it's when you have.
have a problem with your throat. It sounds like a throat thing. It's a it's a thyroid issue that I got. Right? It's I don't doubt it's like a name of a lozenge. No, Eric's having difficulties. Swallow. Swallow well. By minute. Um. No, but bitch, do you swallow? Do you swallow well? Do you swallow well? All right, we're very juvenile because we've been recording for a couple hours. And we're also and we're drunk. drunk. Oh my god, we're so drunk. But, drunk. um, Swalwell. Swalwell did oh, have... Swalwell. Oh, my oh my god, y'all help me. Somebody sent help. Did he swallow well? He did. <laughs> he had the first oh, moment of the night oh. when he was telling a story about being in like sixth grade and seeing someone... At a trip or something that he was going to, oh. and that person was Joe Biden. And it's time for oh. Joe to pass the torch. Oh, yeah. Because first of all, that did two things. One, it indicated how fucking old Joe is. Like when I was in sixth grade, bitch, your office was like you were in office. It was cool, and then he went on to say it ninety-five more times, and then he just like he lost it. It just it wasn't exactly. funny anymore. Like exactly. it was like yeah, but I. I, I mean, I was like, oh my like, God, I forgot like, you were even fucking here. And then I, you pop off with this one. I was like, okay, somebody like, came oh, to play. And then I was like, okay, settle play. down. You you had it just settled in the glory of He it. was Don't trying, you know minute. what? He was trying to do a Julian moment because he, he had nothing to lose and he blew it. He, thought, <laughs> he did. He tried. He did so not hard. swallow well. He did not swallow well. <laughs> because here's the it thing. It's not a well swallow. Because <laughs> no, here's the He really, he could not slow down. <laughs> he could not. He just couldn't slow down. He, he wanted Joe to pull out the torch out of his fucking pocket and pass it across the stage. <laughs> and Joe was like, I am clutching this. Like, I am holding on. Fucking chariot Like a fire. fucking old black lady in church <laughs> clutching her pearls. I'm not letting the fucking torch go. <laughs> but yet he directed it to Joe, but then he left Bernie out. And isn't Bernie older than Joe? But he hadn't seen Bernie. Oh, okay. As a child. I don't, I don't even know what was going on. I don't know. Yeah. Kamala was... Okay, so are we ready to claim uh, winners of... No, no we got to talk about Bennett in that South Park oh, voice. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, so Bennett. Bennett is the South Park character voice that we knew. <laughs> we didn't even know we needed. You, every time he said something, all I could hear is, drugs are bad. I'm gone. You shouldn't I kept looking. I asked my husband. I said, <laughs> Look at him. Does his mouth look like a puckered asshole? Because I was like, he, he, could you open your fucking mouth, Bennett? I'm not trying to make fun of somebody. Yeah, you are. It's okay. You can't. It's like, there are things that are within your control. It takes so much effort to open it. Right? It's so tight. My husband thought that he looked like somebody who might have had a stroke, but had gone through a lot of physical therapy to get to a good place. Uh, these opinions are not of DBAT. Shout out to Alan who will never listen to this podcast. That was a good one. Oh, thank you for that. You know who he reminded me of his mouth? Have you ever seen that? Not only that, but have you, have you seen that YouTube video of the orange that has just the mouth? That's concerning. Yes. There's a YouTube video of the orange that yeah, has like, like just it. the mouth. Makes it uncomfortable. It does. But more so. Of the orange it, that's just the mouth. It the orange. Or, it's the orange that has just the oh, mouth and like some oh, eyes. Yeah, it's a weird yeah, yeah. thing. 
But yeah, it's yeah. like, I was like, he has a great South Park voice. Like, I... <laughs> okay. He could be... Wasn't he in Colorado? Yeah. Someone actually said that. Of course he does. He's from there. <laughs> when I mentioned it uh, in the Young Dems chat, um, one of the Young Dems was like, that's where he's from. He's from South Park in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like the teacher? Okay. He's the teacher's aide. Like I, I want, I want him on an episode just going, oh god, like this. All I want. They already have a character. I couldn't like unhear it. Well, he's the teacher. Maybe assistant. he could be the cousin of the teacher that says okay, or the teacher <laughs> says say, okay. He'll say okay. <laughs> drugs are bad. Okay, you shouldn't do drugs. Oh that's my just, god, that's I'm, all I heard. I'm crying. I'm crying right and, now. But that's really just my hot take of him. Bennett would make a great South Park ambassador. But hey, I will, but he's done a great job in Colorado. Like the pot thing is awesome. Women's rights in Colorado. Is... Okay, but actually, that none of that's him. Oh, is he's not... a senator from there, so he hasn't done anything to do. He's not the state. governor. No, that's uh, Hickenlooper that we all uh, forgot was there. Oh, Hickenlooper! <laughs> oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I can't say Hickenlooper. No, no, I didn't say Hickenlooper. Stop I'm it! You know Missy. What's wrong with Hickenlooper? Stop it, Missy. That is the whitest white white name you could ever imagine. It's Hick, and then in Oompa Looper. Stop saying that. She's terrified of that movie. Of Willy Wonka? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know what you're getting for Christmas. Okay, I'll know. I'll burn it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get this back on track because yes. we are not talking about that movie. Because evidently your host is getting too drunk. Um, We didn't talk about Kirsten Gillibrand. And I feel like she just... Oh, no, 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 uh-huh. Because I have a hot take about Kristen. Okay. I feel like she's got a lot of good points. I I like what she was saying. She took a huge stance on women's rights Mm -hmm. and the Family Bill of Rights. And I thought that that was great. It's something I've heard her talk about. And with the 18,000 candidates that have started running, it's one of the things I forgot. But when I first heard about her announcing and... I, I was very excited about that because I thought she had a great plan. And so I'm disappointed that she wasn't able to stand out more. I think if she had been on night one, she would have stood out a lot more. I think when you had, shit, when you had Kamala on there, I don't think any other uh, person uh, really had a chance. I, I have a different take on it, honestly. I thought of all the candidates outside of Julian, she had... The depth and understanding of immigration in night two, and even in night one, outside of Julian, because when she started talking about immigration, she made one very important distinction that a lot of people who talk about immigration policy don't talk about: the pathway to citizenship. Right. This is the entire yes. basis. I totally forgot about that. And when yep. she, her solution was, we need to figure out a reasonable way to get a pathway to citizenship, and that is truly the only solution. To our, our, our immigration problems. And it showed me that she had the depth of understanding of that issue. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed by that. And that won me over. And I was like, all right, Kristen, I'm, I'm listening to you. I definitely think... Where people aren't here for 10, 15, 18 years paying tons of money right. to attorneys to... Right. Immi- what we call immigration attorneys to file paperwork after paperwork after paperwork and never get anywhere. 
Um, I, I kind of feel like it's a scam. It's it is a scam. scam. No. And it, what it showed me is it's that a legal she scam. had an mm-hmm. understanding of the fact that the system was broken and she knew what the solution was. Mm-hmm. And the solution is that there's no reasonable pathway to citizenship in this country. There's just not other than an employer sponsoring you maybe or getting married. You can't just come here and declare that you want to be a citizen. We don't have... That pathway, and, well, and that's and that's intentional. And it's intentional. That that's been systematically intentional. Oh, absolutely. It didn't. It didn't. Somebody didn't just sign a piece of paper and go, "We're going to make it impossible. You're going to have to go through a thousand loopholes." And it was through just systematic changes in laws absolutely. and rules. Absolutely. And I think right? part of it was the bargain of the Amnesty Act of the eighties. When everyone got amnesty, the rules that they basically was going to make it virtually impossible for anyone after that to basically, that was kind of the deal, yeah. right? So, um, and it has created a massive immigration problem because it, the United States has become one of those countries in the developed world that has the most restrictive process to the pathway to citizenship. And when I see a candidate on stage who has an understanding mm-hmm. of that and the solution, I was really impressed by that. that was I think she's... As we narrow this field of 25 down, I think that she is going to be one that stays solidly in the middle mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. She's one to watch. Do I think she's going to get the nomination? Absolutely no. not. But do I think she's going to go on to do very good, great things after this? The girl, mm-hmm. she's got a, an awesome and political future. And she's young. Future. I mean, she's not, you know, she's not she, barely old enough. I'm not sure even how old she is. I think she's 50-ish. Um, I'm not greatest judge of people's ages, but she's not. I mean, we're not talking about a 70 year old woman here. No, 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 you no. know, she's she's got time. She's got time to do some awesome. Yeah. And she's a senator, so I mean, I can definitely see her serving her in someone's well. cabinet. Yeah. She's brilliant. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Was there anybody else that stood out oh to y'all? Oh my god, no. I mean, because I sit here and look at the rest. We didn't. We talked a little bit about Bennett, um, Hickenlooper. I don't fucking know what he even said. I think he said three things and then I forgot he was there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Okay, so let's so let's do let's go around. Um, Ray, I'll start with you. Who do you think was the winner of debate night number two? Hands down, Kamala. Right, Michigan. Hands down, Kamala. Me, Kamala. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Kamala was inside and everyone was outside the stadium in the parking lot. <laughs> right? Like, she was, in, she was in Jerry's world and everyone was just trying to find a parking spot. <laughs> right. And they were circling. They were circling. And circling. Yeah, it wasn't even a fair fight. Yeah, and they're like looking at their watch going, the debate's about to start. Oh my God, the debate, debate's already started. Was, and Kamala's on stage, like, developing, yeah, her She's brilliant. Plan. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, she was. She, she acted very presidential. Um, and I was which, living for that side bang that she was wearing, honey, because <laughs> she showed up with that side bang, and I was like, that's that side bang that a black girl wears when she's ready to let you know that she's professional as fuck, <laughs> but she will tell you where to go in a second and direct you to the next seat, and she did both of those things right. in the debate, so I was yeah. here for it. She's like, recess is over, I'm here to teach, Have sit down and listen. Children. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so, that's a wrap-up. Uh, on we, the debate. We don't do the no losers. losers. Oh, well. The, the, oh, that's we right. I'm sorry. Hello, yeah. vodka. Okay, yeah. so. Which I need to re-up on. <laughs> okay, so I need to look at it from two perspectives. But for for the me, the way I looked at the first night was who was the biggest loser, like contributed the least to the conversation, all of it. For me, it was definitely Hickenlooper because 
I fucking forgot he was even there. Like, <laughs> I, th- I honestly don't remember seeing the camera go to him except maybe twice, and I could not tell you a thing he said. Yeah. Like, you know it's bad when Swalwell and Bennett made more of an impact on me. <laughs> I just don't think that you can lose when you're already losing. True. Okay. He's so what do you say? Joe Biden. So you look at it from a different who fell furthest. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. You're like, yeah, who who probably fell in, not necessarily in the polls, but like who had more to lose by not showing up. And Joe did not show Joe up. Joe did not show up. He was the loser of this debate. Yeah. Biden, the, it, there was the, the Manchur- there was the Manchurian candidate in Joe's spot he, and the computer was not working. He, he was... Spoiler alert. <laughs> the computer was gone. Fried. Um, Jesus, if you haven't seen that movie. Joe, Joe had an opportunity to come out and basically shut down all of the things that has been said about him in the last couple of months mm-hmm. by either owning up to it, explaining himself. Rise instead, up. And- instead, what he decided to do was go on the defensive. And nobody likes an old white dude going on the defensive and acting like he's a fucking victim. Mm-hmm. And that is where he failed completely. And there's going to be repercussions for how he performed in debate yeah. night too. I, I heard several comment uh, commentators after the debate because um, I, I watched like two hours of mm-hmm. people commentating on it because I'm always interested in just what other people's takes are. I mean, I had my own views and uh, views. I'm on views. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I uh, God dang it. I can't remember which commentator said this because it would actually be really important. But somebody, one of the MSNBC people um, was like, did it really surprise you? Like, this is Joe. Like, the yeah. whole busing thing, like, we've all known this. Like, you know, I mean, there's a reason why Obama chose him. I thought, and it was a brilliant choice, Absolutely. right, to get that vote, mm-hmm. right? And that was that was a brilliant choice. On I, that, but, but he can't continue to lean on that. He has to actually run on his own shit, and his own shit is not very good. The thing that was That's most- why he never won the presidential nominee before Obama. The thing that was most is, is that fucking Stevie Wonder in the dark at his house in the attic saw all of these questions coming. Right. Joe didn't. Joe didn't see nothing coming. He. Oh my God, are we going to have a meme about this? And every. <laughs> right. F- Stevie could have been a debate coach for him. Because I'm telling you, he saw that coming. But Joe Joe's just showed up. Like it was just everything was going to work itself out. If I were advising Joe, he would have been prepped on all of those questions because it was he had it the easiest. It was almost too predictable what was going to happen okay, on that stage. Okay, so that, that brings up a very interesting thought that I've been wanting to ask y'all about. So do you think that maybe his team tried to prep him on it and he's so fucking narcissistic and full of himself and superstar mode ever since his eight years with Obama? Because let me tell you what. Before Obama, Joe Biden was a pimple on people's ass, right? He ran for president a couple of times, blah, blah, blah. but he didn't come to fame until Obama. Until he was the whole right? boy. Right. And, and Obama did that for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he, oh, he definitely, brought, he definitely brought him up. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is that do you think that maybe his team tried to prep him and tried to do this? And he was just like, oh, I've got this. That's what I've been saying. Like he's brought on Simone. He's brought on these people. And I know Simone's done some things about like the uh, 
uh, the like bringing more people of color onto Joe's team and stuff like that. Black but, staff matters, right? Which and right. it does. But I you, think it does if you utilize them for their expertise. Exactly. But do you not think he's tokens. bringing that on for 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 tokenship and for looks? And but he's not really listening to them because I feel like he's not listening. In to them. Joe's case, I and it's a hard question. It just that brings it up. I to, I, to I, I hate to speculate in yeah. trying to railroad a Democratic candidate. In, in by characterizing him for something we don't know what's happening okay. behind closed doors, but he does he did have that arrogance factor yeah, on the stage yeah. That's where a he was like he could, he couldn't even believe that anyone had the audacity to so question his tenure like oh. because his tenure in office is really I'm, what he should be judged on and exactly. he should be asked like why are you asking me questions you know my history you know what I've done you should excuse me from this why are you questioning yeah, me yeah he definitely did have but an arrogance just, about I've been in Washington so long yeah. look at my list of things I've done well funny you say that Joe because now people are going back and pulling shit right. where you voted against busing, busing and, and you voted against a lot that of different was things the, the whole thing he kept touting was his record People like we can read, so we know mm-hmm. that you haven't always been on the right side of history. And I feel like he missed such an opportunity to address all of the issues. And he had it the easiest because he knew what was coming. He knew every candidate on that stage was going to be coming after him because he's the perceived front runner. He's the front runner. Uh huh. And it was it would have been the easiest thing to prep him. He could have elevated so him. He could have elevated himself to the front runner that can't be beat right. if he had taken in all of that and just been like, look, and, and just explained away maybe and not even apologize, but just say, I was wrong. To, or, or take I'm a moving stand. on and this is how I'm gonna do it. Blah blah blah. And and, and yeah. What was the most disappointing was that there was Joe didn't really present any policy at all no he didn't he just did like she said earlier he just did a bunch of political speak and this is someone whose career in washington spends over decades but see the the swalwell was in sixth grade at least (laughs) swallowing well so michi when you were talking about and both you and ray touched on this point how bernie sanders has brought in like the progressive da 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 so you know what's happening is that political speech shit doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. People want an o- AOC. People want a Kamala. People want Elizabeth Warren, where they don't have political speech about everything, right? They have their they have their moments yeah. where they give the political speech answer Those because they have speeches. because they have ten seconds to give a right. Um, but they're actually speaking truth. Right. They're speaking genuine truth, truth to, to their yes, and to themselves and to the people. So. And this is an interesting take that I meant to also talk about between the dynamic between Joe and Kamala. The Kamala went in knowing for a fact that Joe is her biggest competitor when it comes to black yeah. voters. So that's why she went directly at him because Kamala had a lot to redeem herself for. She didn't walk onto that stage perfect when it comes to black voters. No. She's no. she got no. that mark of being. We and, talked about that. We before talked about too. that. And I think that she did herself every favor last night as far as like walking some of that back and mm-hmm. presenting herself the way that she did yesterday. And Joe could have personally used that against her if he wanted oh, to. Right. And he didn't take any opportunity. If we're talking yeah. about just debating, if she's talking about busing, he could have been easily like, oh, okay, so let's let's talk about let's talk about this and brought it up. But he just kind of fizzled and died out and she came out on top. 
because she was there specifically knowing that she's competing with Joe when it comes to black voters. Because black voters up until this point, I haven't looked at the recent poll, polls, have not wavered when it comes to Joe. They Because he has that Obama factor. Uh-huh. Because Joe has that lifeline where if all fails, he can just go, oh, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> what she did was she I'm Obama's best friend, damn it! Right! <laughs> And I, that is not to be understated. That no. means a lot to black voters. Yes. It does. And, and what she did was she took that approach of, you know, like prison house rules is, mm-hmm. is you walk in and you, you, you go and punch the biggest guy in the, the room. In the you room. kick him in the ball. That's right. And she did. She was like, Biden, you're the biggest. I'm Boom. the captain I'm now. I'm five fucking two and I'm going for you. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Exactly. Okay. So here's my game for everybody. So, um, I'm going to ask you three questions. No, uh, yeah, three questions. And this is not commentary time. It's like quick answers. Statements. Yes. Okay. Um, so, number one is your favorite moment. So, Ray. It was definitely Kamala's I Was That Girl. Yeah. Talking about the busing. That's good. Mishy. Uh, my favorite moment was. Uh, and this is both nights. My favorite was the uh, Spanish dick measuring contest. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Number two, most awkward moment. Mine's a little bit like yours. It was Corey speaking Spanish. <laughs> Mine was also the Spanish speaking dick measuring contest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. And number three, burn. Mishy, favorite burn of the of both nights. Uh, when Kamala was like, oh, we want to talk about black people? <laughs> you want to talk, oh, you want to talk about black people. <laughs> that was, that was excellent. And then, yeah, her yeah. coming for Joe as well. Yeah. She was overall right. amazing. Yeah. So mine is, uh, for two very low totem pole people, it was the interaction between Tulsi and Tim Ryan. When Tim Ryan was talking about how the Taliban attacked us on 9-11, oh, and she had Lord. to call the non-Taliban al It's not the fucking Taliban. Oh, that was bad. She had to correct him. A fucking man who, wasn't he in, in Congress voting on the war? Possibly. Or no, he was probably like 10 but years old. Aside from it being funny as shit, it was problematic. As yeah. Well. It was. If you Did don't he, know the difference, that's concerning. We've you. been there for 18 years, and you don't know now that it wasn't the Taliban. It was. I, was, I just, sir, just go There's back. a lot of veterans that should have a problem with that. The, absolutely. It needs, yeah. Ooh, yeah. 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 Um, and so that were, those were my three questions. I'm surprised neither one of you said Marianne Wilson for like most awkward moment. She wasn't like, awkward. She was fabulously <laughs> crazy. Like, I, I, my thing, so she basically took my favorite moment, my most <laughs> awkward moment, and my favorite burn. Because did y'all catch the very end, and again, I think it was Chuck Todd, that was trying to rein in Marianne Williamson. That was, he was like, okay, okay, we, we, we needed like 30 seconds, and you, or we needed 10 seconds, you gave us 30. Uh-huh. Like, we need you to... Like, I feel like she was getting scolded by the commentators. Right. So that was my favorite. And she took all three. Marianne Williamson took me for all three. Listen, okay. Marianne <laughs> was having a debate in the galaxy of Andromeda while everybody else was on Earth. She's not. She wasn't even there. Okay. She's doing her own thing. Was she doing an out experience? She, she was like <laughs> levitating. I know, I know. Okay. So before we um, wrap up, with our last two segments, Mishy, 
Um, you want to pop that shit? Like, uh, let's switch from some Tito's back to our wine. Yes. So I'm thirsty. What we <laughs> what we are now switching to is a Malbec. It's 2016 Malbec from Argentina. Um, Ooh. this is uh, no need for Google tonight. No need for, for me, Argentina. Uh, it's called Atrevida. And this is a Malbec, and it is described as being daring, bold, adventurous, and the passionate spirit of Argentina. A unique combination of old world I love the way she says that. <laughs> European elegance with a spicy Latin twist. Ooh. Shout out. Um, nasty bitch. Uh, Argentine culture is animated, passionate, in a word, atrophy. Um, so this is definitely we've we've had an Australian Malbec, and I think we also had a South African Malbec here. Yeah. Um, have we had an Argentinian? I don't Malbec? think so. So this, I'm very interested to um, figure out what the kind of climate produces, what kind of grapes they produce that goes into this wine, and how their Malbec tastes. I love how um, she's so like gets into. I mean, I love that you have the. The palate and the nose and stuff for this. I do. I'm, I'm so just trying to not it. bring vinegar. <laughs> yes, this is definitely not going to be mother, wine. mother's wine. <laughs> uh, mother's flowers of the attic wine. Um, and so it is said that this small bag and the signature varietal of Argentina is an appropriate reflection of this uh, bottle in the high-altitude wine country of Mendoza at the foot of the majestic Andes. Malbec produces a wine which combines Argentine concentration with European... So Ooh. we'll be interested to see how it comes So first of all, I'm fucking impressed that you read all of that without slurring. Right? <laughs> wow! Oh my wow. god. I used to... My mom used to make me read the dictionary when I was a kid. So <laughs> While you were drunk? <laughs> <laughs> okay, pop that shit. Girl. I'm going to pop this shit, and I am just interested. I want to see. Read the dictionary. I did. I used to read the dictionary. Um, how different it is compared to you, ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, sexy. Ooh. Ooh. Pop that bottle like you pop that. Nice pussy. and dark. It's beautiful. It is dark. Tall, dark, and handsome. It's like I like my men. It is very. <laughs> it is. It is almost purple. It is probably it is. purple. It is. Deep. And I need to figure out. That's what she said. Sleep. So deep. Oh, so deep. I love that line. Mm. Love that line. I'm trying to so figure. So deep, so deep, but I asked to sleep. That's a nice cube. Anybody want to guess what the ACL LC comes in? Oh, uh, fourteen point three. Right? Would you even fourteen? Even fourteen. Ah! I was trying to do my whole point. Anybody want to give us the hot take of the notes? (laughs) Besides me and Ray, (laughs) which leaves you. Definitely, it's dry and Mm -hmm. it's. mm. Can I say it smells like wine? Are you gonna get mad at me? This is a solid dry Malbec. I'm here for this. It lingers on the palate. It lingers on. You know what would go really well with this? <laughs> she cracked herself up because she did a it wine reference. It does linger on the palate, <laughs> but it does. What would? This is gonna turn our teeth purple. Y'all know this that, right? Is beautiful. I'm here for it. These um, are porcelain. Nothing. What would actually pair well with Nuh-uh. this is like some, a cracker, like one of the the triscuits with like some jam. This would go very well with that. <gasps> Uh, Bucky's jalapeno jam. Mm-hmm. This would be delicious. Yeah. 
It is. It. it, it, it some I like it. Out sweetness. It's very delicious. I love it. It's fucking good wine. Thank you, Atrevida, <laughs> for this beautiful bottle. It's delicious wine. All right, so Mishy, who's your fucking asshole of the week? Da da da! You an asshole. <laughs> we didn't do our song. We did it. One, two, three. You, you an, an asshole, asshole baby. baby. You, you an asshole. asshole. You an asshole, baby. You, you an asshole. asshole. Well, <laughs> asshole of the week today. Us grown out of the state of Alabama. Oh, Not that oh that Alabama should come as a shock to you. As Plus we. Florida. As we approach America's birthday, people are looking for patriotic ways to celebrate. But I feel like lately, in the last couple of years, I mean, not even lately, just in the history of this country, patriotism and problematicness almost always go hand in hand. There is a dealership, a Ford dealership, that is in an appeal to patriotism, they say. They're giving away Bibles. Flags and guns for the 4th of July. This is the tone deafness of celebrating the independence of the country in this manner cannot be understated. First of all, I could almost deal with the Bibles. I could, I could deal with that, you know. I could deal with the flags. I'm, oh, I love the American flag. Beautiful. However, the guns? Mm-mm. I don't want them. What you gonna do, buy a new truck and bust a cap in somebody's ass on your way home? I don't understand. I don't Although, either. you're not technically gonna leave the dealership with a gun. You get a voucher. Ooh. I feel like this is, it's it's a very tone deaf and very problematic because it attributes patriotism with something so problematic. Why are you giving away guns and, that's your vision of America is guns and Bibles? You don't even know what kind of person is buying your truck. You don't even It could know. be a loony. And a statement, a direct quote from them, they say, We just wanted to show appreciation for some of the things that the residents take pride in in this area. Whatever happened to toasters? I don't I just, I don't know. <laughs> Get some them Dr. Pepper. A fucking gift card. It's Alabama. A, a Mr. Pib. A gas gift card, because God knows you drive one of these big-ass Ford trucks. <laughs> you're going to need a gas gift card. Be thoughtful yeah. about it. I actually think it's... it's um Paps actually, ribbon. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to be giving people who are just buying trucks that are not writing checks on guns. But I actually could see that more than a Bible, because the whole point of July 4th, 1776 independence was independence from a nation that was trying to make force you to um, worship under their religion, right? And that's why people left for religious Britain. freedom Sorry. and uh, to get away from yeah. oppression. Yeah. And the thing about it is that there is a problematic trend of celebrating America's violence as part of patriotism. Yeah. True. But it was born out of violence. It, it was born out of violence, but you don't have to celebrate because it it was born out of violence, but became more violent. Yeah. In so many other ways, that violence shouldn't be the way that you celebrate America. Well, it was it yeah, it was born out of violence to to create peace, and which is always it's it's hypocritical. Concept, yeah. And the thing about it is that I don't think that you can give away death machines from my understanding so what's these, the voucher for for a 12 gauge shotgun oh yeah and it's in a time where we're trying to take guns 
that we don't, we're trying to reduce the amount of guns that we have. Right. The fact that you can go buy a car and walk away with the voucher <laughs> to <laughs> go get a gun, a shotgun to go with your truck <laughs> is very problematic. And then wrapping it up in a nice bow and tying it up under the guise of patriotism. Right. Then you, you wrap it, it up is, and tie it with the Bible. It is a gross misunderstanding of what patriotism is. And it celebrates only a one kind of America. Mm-hmm. And that is very problematic. And I just, their statement was that they're not here to force anything on anybody, but that they have received so much, um, they've been overwhelmed with positive feedback. And praise. Since, and praise since the promotion has started. How many people um, bought a truck? That's what I want to know. Here's, they've sold five vehicles in two days. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Is it a Ford dealership? Um, yeah. It is a Ford dealership. And I just think that, that there's just, there is a lunacy attached to this. Yeah. Because God forbid you give away one of the vouchers to those shotguns and someone picks up a shotgun and commits a crime with that shotgun, you are responsible. Why would you want to do that under the guise of patriotism? Right. And I think this false sense of celebrating it. America's violence and dubbing it patriotism, it is the freaking bane of my existence because it is it leads to so many other problematic things and this is nothing to congratulate this is so problematic and honestly for dealership in alabama y'all need some new creatives and some new salespeople this is y'all set in a table marketing team and then fucking and this is the fuck what y'all came up with Shut the whole fucking place down. Close the whole goddamn dealership. You, we don't, I don't even need a Ford. Because as my daddy always says, Ford means found on the road dead. Next! It's <laughs> alright. So, as always, we like to end on a positive note. A happy note. And that comes with Ray's Bay of the Day. Day Bay. <laughs> Bay of the day. Day Bye, Ray. Bay. What you got for us today, girl? Okay, so first, before I dive into my bay of the day, I want to add just a little note about one of my bonus bays from this week, Mm -hmm. um, which was Ravelry. Um, The knitting community is fabulous. Now, I know most people picture a bunch of grannies sitting around, but there are people from all. I love my scarf. Thank you. There are people from all walks of life that knit, and knitting and crafting has always been political. From early on, there have been so many different things that women have done through their, their, their craft. And so, I love the stance that Ravelry took. Where Do they you said, remember the AIDS quilt? Yes, the AIDS quilts. Um, they are currently in the process of, there is a project, and I don't remember the mileage, but the goal is to knit blankets that total, the yardage of the yarn is to total the yards, the miles of the uh, wall that Trump wants to build on the border. Oh, wow. That's so they want awful. to make the number of blankets with that same number to give to migrant children. Oh. It's, it's powerful. Very powerful. And there's a lot of stuff that is done. Like, I could go on this awesome. that amazing things. Pussy hats, y'all. I mean, y'all forget about that. You think of it as just a cute little accessory. Pussy hats were made with angry women and sticks. I mean, we've got fucking sticks. We walk around with sticks, people. Pointy sticks. 
Well, I, I know that there's the argument that pussy hats have become problematic very recently and, and all that, but things start in stages. They were very powerful. They were. The they had, and, and, and you know that has a symbol. Well, it's huge. So, okay, so just shout out to Ravelry because never before have so many people not known shit about knitting and all of a sudden know about it. <laughs> so, very proud Unless of Unless you knitting. have a knitter in your family, which exactly. I have a couple in my family. Exactly. And then I met Ray and I was like, oh my God, you're a knitter too. Yes. I'm not, but my sister is. So, I have never before been so proud to be a member of the... I It's knitting and crocheting. Knitting gets a lot of the... Yeah. A lot of the fame, but it's knitting and crocheting community. So on that, knitting was on my heart this week, and so I wanted to talk about uh, my bay of the day, who is a woman named Barbara Demarest, who started an organization called KnittedKnockers.org. Oh, Knitted Knockers. Knitted Knockers. I already love it. And if you're wondering if it's what you're thinking it is, it totally is. It's boobs, y'all. Okay. So to give you a little bit of history, in 2011, Barbara was diagnosed with breast cancer, and was struggling with the shock of the news. She was really heartbroken to find out that she wasn't going to be able to have immediate reconstruction after her double mastectomy. And I think a lot of women go into this knowing that they will not be able to be immediately reconstructed, but sometimes they have plans to do that, and once they get in there, they realize they're not going to. So you go from just this idea that you have cancer, which is hard enough, you're going to have your breasts removed, which is hard, and then faced with the fact that you are going to have nothing on your chest for weeks. And so that can be very hard. And so Barbara was at a loss when this happened to her. She was at a loss as for what to wear so that she could appear normal, so that she could get back to work. She, so she called the local cancer society, asked them about acquiring a prosthesis, and the woman replied to her, oh honey, you can't put anything on that scar for at least six weeks. And Barbara says, what was I going to do for six weeks? I had to get back to work, to life, to living. That was the first time that I cried. So she went back to her doctor, and he told her that most women aren't even happy with their silicone prosthetic. It's heavy, it's sweaty, and they're also expensive. Yeah, I can imagine like how yeah. hot that would be. And then he said, well, do you knit? And she started laughing and said, yeah, she did. And so he gave her a pattern for a knitted knocker. Barbara shared this with a friend of hers because she was still healing, and so she wasn't up to knitting at the moment. And so her friend was a fast knitter, and was by Sunday, her friend met her at church, had a Victoria's Secret bag for her. Oh. And Barbara says, I took them right into the bathroom stall and stuck one in my bra. It fit fabulous. It was light, pretty, soft, and it fit in my own bra perfectly. I took off my jacket and knew right then that I wanted to make these available to other women going through the same situation. I thought, what if my doctor had real knitted knockers to give to women rather than only having a photocopied picture on a sheet of paper to show them? And that is when knittedknockers.org was born. So knitted knockers, they are lightweight, soft, comfortable, breathable, beautiful, and when placed in a regular bra, they take the shape and feel of a real breast. They can be worn immediately after surgery. They're made of cotton yarn. Uh, the volunteer knitters provide these free to those that request them. Knitted knockers can be adjusted to fill the gaps for breasts that are uneven, and they can easily adapt for those going through reconstruction by simply removing some of the stuffing. The purpose of the website is to help connect volunteer knitters with breast cancer survivors 
to offer free knitted knockers to any woman who wants them. There is a huge demand for knitted knockers that can't be met by any one group. So if someone in each area can set a goal of meeting the needs in their country, in just their community, it can happen. The website provides the patterns to knit or crochet knockers. Women can also come and request a knocker in the size and color that they want. In addition, they provide a how-to guide on how to set up your own knitted knocker groups in your area. They also have tips on how to set up displays and provide knockers to local doctors and clinics for distribution to women and along with how to link groups in your area. So um, to wrap this up, Barbara said, one of the nurses said to me, I sure wish you could be there when we have the women who is dejected, wondering what they are going to do and we bring out this bag of knockers. They always bring a smile to their face at a difficult time and sometimes tears. And Barbara said, I don't need to be there to see it. I know because I was one of them. Aww. So such a touching story. And uh, I just set a reminder for me to talk to my sister about this this weekend when I see her. Okay, cool. I mean, is it really friendship unless you're giving your friend a bag of tits? Well, right? And the crazy thing is, is that... It's amazing. It is amazing. And I have been looking at these because this isn't something I have made before. I've done a couple other service type projects. Um, so I started looking into them. There are YouTube videos showing you... If you already know how to knit, they show you how to do follow the pattern. And Barbara is one of the people there showing the videos. And she's so funny talking about things. And she's... It just cracks me up because the, they talk, they keep talking about knockers, the knockers, the knockers. So you grab your knocker. If you need your knocker, just hold your knocker. And I just, that makes me laugh. Don't let your knocker hit you in the eye. Uh, right? And they're talking about different knockers. Like, if you look, you can't tell the difference between these two knockers. And it just cracks me up just listening to them. But I love it. I, I've been knitting a, a cotton blanket for my grandson. And just holding that yarn, I think about like, Having that next to my skin, how much nicer that would be than this heavy prosthetic oh, thing. Just ah. Uh. Well, and obviously, it takes a woman to know what would feel better against their skin instead of a breast than a fucking bunch of like male doctors right. about right. the silicone shit. Yes. right. I mean, it just—it's the most obvious thing that has never been addressed until now. Exactly. What a brilliant idea. It is, yeah. and they've already gone through and they have a list of thirty different brands of yarn to use because they've already done the test to figure out which ones wash well, which ones. Um, mm. They discovered that bamboo yarn uh, actually grows when it gets wet, so it's not the kind it's of thing that you. The knockers gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, unless unless you just you know you're like one night, I, one like I'm gonna keep this bamboo set over here. For date night. Exactly. <laughs> black, black dress night. Exactly. <laughs> Jacuzzi night. And right? a little bit of trivia for y'all with these knockers, some knocker trivia, is that 75% of them are desired in a size B. Uh, some people desire A's, but they go up to like double D's. And they suggest, though, for women that the best way to figure this out is knit your own size, which makes sense. If every woman knits their own sizes, you're going to get a representative amount. So. Can you knit me some Z's that I can just I, put up and look at? Right? I'm scared, girl. <laughs> hey, Mishy, Ray will have those done for you in 2022. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be made in my likeness. Well, oh we'll, my we'll go rent a storage unit. 
Don't need their own air controlled storage right. units. Right. Exactly. So they don't get all swampy. And even with the yarns, like the colors come in uh, from white into various shades of beiges and tans and whatnot. Beautiful. And I've seen some pictures where they've got pictures. <laughs> oh my god. I love it! Pikachu. It's rare that Ray gets tipsy. Like this yes. tipsy. Yeah. But they've got pictures of different shades. You know, all one of the things, you know, we've all seen is that how you think about nude and people have this image of like a tan Caucasian lady, but they have all the different shades. They also have some in different colors because you know what? Sometimes somebody wants to be a little crazy and they feel this you know is the what? way they can own Sometimes it. You don't know I what to wear wants. my rainbow knockers before exactly. I step out of the house. Exactly. It is Pride Month and put on my rainbow titties. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. That was a great Thank day of the you. day. I think that's probably now my favorite. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, with that, drug delegates, I think we're done. Woo! The, woo that was... Oh, before we close oh, up, yes. I do want to add one more thing. Um, we have been more active on Facebook, on our Facebook page over the last couple days than we have probably in the last couple months. Yes. Uh, we had so much fun with all our drunk delegates. We did. Getting to... We had a great response. Posts. Oh, my the, God. The like, we were posting memes. They were posting memes on our memes. It was jiff galore. Yeah. Shout was, out to y'all. Like, oh, my I, God. Y'all are some of the funniest people. You're going to put us out of a work. The, the Jamilas, the Bethany's of the world. There's so many people I couldn't oh even God. name. Everyone was so hilariously Sarah funny. Luna yeah. was cracking me up with her predictions for the show. So or great. for the debate. Oh, my God. Glenn with his Molly comment. Oh, my God, Glenn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are so awesome. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Um, so, thank you so much for being part of that party for the last couple days. It's been awesome. It's going to happen again in probably another it month is. or so. I can't it wait. I, I was on our Facebook page. Like, I was trying to... I was trying. I was watching the debate, and we kept getting notifications, and I was so excited. <laughs> I was very so excited. excited. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, and I'm so glad we all got to do it so, together. All thank, of us got to do it together. Thanks for all the shares. The comments. Yes. Um, the it post. Is mostly it. due to people sharing stuff that, like, we've seen a great following lately. We're really excited. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much. Continue to share awesome. stuff and post your ideas and stuff on the wall. And don't forget to share our Facebook page with two friends. Yes. And tell them to, you know, give our, po- give our podcast a listen, to comment. Um, rate on um, is it I, it's iTunes and Google Play and that Google you can rate Play. and oh, comment absolutely. and any other your podcast and any platform and, that and if there's a platform that you don't find us on that that's where you find your podcast just email us at drunkbepolitics at gmail.com or SMS a message on Facebook and we will get on that platform absolutely like Ray gets on that shit like stink <laughs> on shit I'm not kidding you like she you tell her I'm on this blah 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 Five seconds later, you're going to be able to hear our podcast. And um, also, while you're thinking of it, I've been cutting some of the clips. Uh, They're usually like five minutes or less, little segments from different episodes. So if you're wondering like what to share with somebody, send them over one of those clips and say, if you like this, if you think it's funny, you got to check them out. The whole episode. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's just usually about like uh, 60 seconds to like three minutes. 
Uh, no, they're usually somewhere like three to five minutes. Three to five, yeah. Obviously, I haven't listened to them. What I was going to <laughs> say is that they were made, so she doesn't yeah. remember. Yeah. There are a couple of people who listen to our podcast who are not subscribed, who just listen. <gasps> so it costs nothing to just hit the subscribe button. Just oh, hit the subscribe true. button. Um, because I know it's very easy to just click play and listen to them without ever having to subscribe. Right. So definitely, please subscribe to the episode so that you get... The ringer or the alert once the new episode is yeah. up, and then be awesome. Yeah, do that for us. And it's and it's just good for us for our growth. Right? Yes, you know, thank uh, you. We're subscribe. building this together with us and you, the drunk delegate. So yeah. we need you. Yeah. All right. All right. So with that, ladies, drunk delegates, stay tipsy, my friends. Woo. <laughs> I'm drunk. Shit, Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to Drunk Bitches in Politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAP Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.